Hello, friends. It's December 23rd, and this is the One Year Bible Tour Guide podcast. I am your host, David McAdam, pastor and Bible teacher at New Life Community Church in Concord, Massachusetts, and it is good to have you with us on this winter's day. We are reading two books written in the literary genre known as apocalyptic literature with highly figurative language given under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and it has proved and will prove to have great historic significance, even if we don't understand all the details right now. I am referring to the book of Zechariah in the Old Testament and the book of Revelation in the New Testament. It is intriguing to read these two books together, as we do in the one-year Bible format. Both Zechariah and John are describing in human language what they are being shown by God. These visions and recorded experiences are designed to bless us with an understanding that God is sovereign even during dark days in which we are undergoing hardships, and He is both presently involved and yet is standing above and beyond all human events, ultimately working all things according to the counsel of His will. No doubt you will recognize some of the verses we will read today. We will read them in their historic context, yet they are quoted often today because they encapsulate relevant applicable principles, such as Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6, Not by might or by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord God of hosts. Well, I hope that you are as eager to start our reading today as I am. Let's continue our reading of the book of Zechariah, and we will start with chapter 4 and read through to the end of chapter 5. Zechariah chapter 4, and I'm reading from the English Standard Version. A Vision of a Golden Lampstand And the angel who talked with me came again and woke me, like a man who is awakened out of his sleep. And he said to me, What do you see? I said, I see, and behold, a lampstand all of gold, with a bowl on the top of it, and seven lamps on it, with seven lips on each of the lamps that are on top of it. And there are two olive trees by it, one on the right of the bowl, and the other on its left. And I said to the angel who talked with me, What are these, my lord? Then the angel who talked with me answered and said to me, Do you not know what these are? I said, No, my lord. Then he said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel you shall become a plain, and he shall bring forward the top stone amid shouts of grace, grace to it. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house. His hands shall also complete it. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. For whoever has despised the day of small things shall rejoice, and shall see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. These seven are the eyes of the Lord, which range through the whole earth. Then I said to him, What are these two olive trees on the right and the left of the lampstand? And a second time I answered and said to him, What are these two branches of the olive trees, which are besides the two golden pipes from which the golden oil is poured out? He said to me, Do you not know what these are? I said, No, my lord. Then he said, These are the two anointed ones who stand by the Lord of the whole earth. Chapter 5 a vision of a flying scroll. 
Again I lifted my eyes and saw, and behold, a flying scroll. And he said to me, What do you see? I answered, I see a flying scroll. Its length is twenty cubits, and its width ten cubits. Then he said to me, This is the curse that goes out over the face of the whole land. For every one who steals shall be cleaned out according to what is on one side, and every one who swears falsely shall be cleaned out according to what is on the other side. I will send it out, declares the Lord of hosts, and it shall enter the house of the thief, and the house of him who swears falsely by my name, and it shall remain in his house and consume it, both timber and stones. A Vision of a Woman in a Basket Then the angel who talked with me came forward and said to me, Lift your eyes and see what this is that is going out. And I said, What is it? He said, This is the basket that is going out. And he said, This is their iniquity in all the land. And behold, the leaden cover was lifted, and there was a woman sitting in the basket. And he said, This is wickedness. And he thrust her back into the basket, and thrust down the leaden weight on its opening. Then I lifted my eyes and saw, and behold, two women coming forward. The wind was in their wings. They had wings like the wings of a stork, and they lifted up the basket between earth and heaven. Then I said to the angel who talked with me, Where are they taking the basket? He said to me, To the land of Shinar, to build a house for it. And when this is prepared, they will set the basket down there on its base. This concludes today's reading from the Old Testament from the book of Zechariah. Now let's take a few moments to recap and reflect upon what we have just read. Zechariah chapter 4 provides an account of Zechariah's fifth vision. Zechariah is asked, What do you see? Zechariah sees the golden lampstand with a bowl on top for the oil supply to go through the seven conduit pipes to the seven lights. Two olive trees are positioned, one to the right and the other to the left of the central bowl. What does this golden lampstand speak of? In the tabernacle and temple, it was positioned just outside the holiest of all as a perpetual symbol of light being brought to the world. The interpretation is that it is only through the work of the Holy Spirit that God's purposes could be fulfilled in His people and the temple rebuilt. Then He said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6 Whereas the fourth vision was to provide encouragement to Joshua the priest, the fifth vision focuses on the role of Zerubbabel the prince. These visions can encourage us today. The work of God will be accomplished not by our might, wealth, power, or will, but the energizing power of the Holy Spirit. The hands of Zerubbabel had laid the foundation of the work. It would also be the hands of Zerubbabel that would complete it. This work would be done in such a way that all will know that it is God who has done this. The people should not be discouraged, nor despise the day of small things. God uses little things in a big way. God's plans are bigger than all of us. Chapter 4, verse 10. What do the two olive trees represent? They are the two witnesses. This certainly makes us think about the two witnesses in the book of Revelation. Zerubbabel and Joshua, as two witnesses, 
were to pour out their supply of oil, investing in the work to restore Israel to its divine purpose of shedding light to the nations. The mountain of opposition would be removed. It is all of grace. The light of God's people, Israel, could only shine forth by their maintaining close communion with God, drawing from the oil of the Holy Spirit. You will notice that in the book of Zechariah there is one lampstand. As a prophet, Zechariah was a minister of the word, enlightening Zerubbabel and Joshua as witnesses to the Spirit's enabling power. In the book of Revelation, there are two lampstands, most likely referring to both witnesses being ministers of the enlightening word. Now let's move on to the New Testament and read from the book of Revelation, chapter 14. Revelation chapter 14, The Lamb and the 144,000. Then I looked, and behold, on Mount Zion stood the Lamb, and with him 144,000, who had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven, like the roar of many waters, and like the sound of a loud thunder. The voice I heard was like the sound of harpists playing on their harps. And they were singing a new song before the throne, and before the four living creatures, and before the elders. No one could learn that song except the 144,000 who had been redeemed from the earth. It is these who have not defiled themselves with women, for they are virgins. It is these who follow the Lamb wherever He goes. These have been redeemed from mankind as firstfruits for God and the Lamb, and in their mouth no lie was found, for they are blameless. The Messages of the Three Angels Then I saw another angel flying directly overhead with an eternal gospel to proclaim to those who dwell on earth, to every nation and tribe and language and people. And he said with a loud voice, Fear God and give Him glory, because the hour of His judgment has come, and worship Him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. Another angel, a second, followed, saying, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great, she who made all nations drink the wine of the passion of her sexual immorality. And another angel, a third, followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and its image and receives a mark on his forehead or on his hand, he also will drink the wine of God's wrath, poured full strength into the cup of his anger, and he will be tormented with fire and sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment goes up for ever and ever, and they have no rest, day or night, these worshippers of the beast and its image, and whoever receives the mark of its name. Here is a call for the endurance of the saints, those who keep the commandments of God and their faith in Jesus. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, Write this, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Blessed indeed, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, for their deeds follow them. The Harvest of the Earth Then I looked, and behold, a white cloud, and seated on the cloud one like a son of man, with a golden crown on his head, and a sharp sickle in his hand. And another angel came out of the temple, calling with a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud, Put in your sickle and reap, for the hour to reap has come, for the harvest of the earth is fully ripe. 
So he who sat on the cloud swung his sickle across the earth, and the earth was reaped. Then another angel came out of the temple in heaven, and he too had a sharp sickle. And another angel came out from the altar, the angel who has authority over the fire. And he called with a loud voice to the one who had the sharp sickle, Put in your sickle and gather the clusters from the vine of the earth, for its grapes are ripe. So the angel swung his sickle across the earth and gathered the grape harvest of the earth and threw it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trodden outside the city, and blood flowed from the winepress as high as a horse's bridle for 1,600 stadia. And this concludes our reading from today's portion from the New Testament, the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ. We are still in the interlude between the sounding of the seventh trumpet in Revelation chapter 11, verse 15, and the resultant outpouring of the bold judgments in chapter 16. The Apostle John is being given a series of visions, special spiritual intelligence, as to what will be going on behind the scenes during the period known as the Great Tribulation. It is in this period that spiritual forces come to a head, even as there will be earthly battles coming to a head in the Middle East, a battle known as Armageddon. The tribulation is a period when final judgments prepare the way for the return of Christ and the ushering in of His kingdom. Jesus spoke about a pivotal event prophesied in the book of Daniel and referred to by both the apostles John and Paul when the Antichrist, a leader of a one-world government, will make an attempt to put himself in the place of God, even desecrating the temple in Jerusalem with his blasphemous claim. With the help of his assistant, the second beast, known as the false prophet, all will worship the Antichrist in a one-world religion. In chapter 14, John is shown the first three visions of seven visions before the seventh trumpet is sounded. Here in Revelation chapter 14, we see once again a company of 144,000 men who demonstrate unusual commitment. These are men from the twelve tribes of Israel who are sealed by the Lord and are to be used in a special way during the tribulation period. We met them first in Revelation chapter 7, right after the six seals of judgment have brought devastation to the earth. They were introduced in answer to the question posed in Revelation chapter 6, verse 17. For the great day of their wrath, the wrath of the one who sits on the throne and the wrath of the Lamb, has come, and who is able to stand? Revelation chapter 6, verse 17. The answer is the 144,000 who will stand victorious in the power of Christ. Revelation chapter 7, verses 1 through 8. In Revelation chapter 14, we see them standing on Mount Zion with the Lamb. This appears to be the same people, but at a later time in the tribulation period. God has sealed them and protects them so they can remain standing when the Lord returns. These 144,000 are singing together a new song that only they can sing. It was a song that had to do with what they had learned and experienced. And they sang a new song before the throne and before the four living creatures and the elders, and no one could learn the song except the 144,000 who had been purchased from the earth. Revelation chapter 14, verse 3. What new song is the Lord teaching you in your experience of Him? 
We can sing a new song that the angels cannot sing. We have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. These saints will be gathered at Mount Zion, most likely referring to the literal earthly Mount Zion in Jerusalem, in Joel chapter 2, verse 32. They persevere in the tribulation because of God's preserving power working with them. John Phillips writes, quote, No other age has produced a company like this veritable army of militant believers marching unscathed through every form of danger. It has been theirs to defy the dragon, to bait the beast, and to give the lie to the false prophet. Their calling has been to preach the gospel from the housetops, when even to name the name of Christ called for the most dreadful penalties. They have been surrounded, these latter-day Jobs, with impenetrable hedges, and are able to laugh to scorn all the grand inquisitors of hell. They have walked the streets in broad daylight, careless of the teeth-gnashing rage of their would-be torturers and assassins, true witnesses of Jehovah in the most terrible era of the history of mankind. The devil knows about this coming band of conquerors and rise already in an agony of anticipation. End quote. They keep themselves chaste. This may refer to the fact that at this time their lives were so consecrated to God's purpose in the battle that they did not pursue marriage. They remained sexually pure in what will likely be a sexually perverse culture. They were of proven character, and no lie was found in their mouth. They are blameless. Revelation chapter 14, verse 5. We see angels preaching and angels reaping in the remainder of the chapter. One angel preaches the eternal gospel to those who dwell on the earth of every tribe, tongue, and nation. The message is one of judgment and condemnation. The hour of mercy is past, and the hour of judgment has come. He who is holy and just is to be worshipped. Another angel proclaims judgment upon the Babylonian world system. This will be described in chapter 18. And another angel, a second one, followed, saying, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great, she who has made all the nations drink of the wine of the passion of her immorality. Revelation chapter 14, verse 8. A third angel pronounces judgment on all those who have submitted themselves to the beast. They will suffer the torment of God's wrath with fire and sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and the presence of the Lamb. Every human being will be confronted with the pivotal role that the Lamb of God has played in demonstrating God's justice and mercy. Those who keep God's commandments and are faithful to Him will need patient endurance. Chapter 14, verse 12. After the solemn announcement of the third angel, John is told to write down this assurance that those who die for their faith during the tribulation period will be blessed. They will especially appreciate their deliverance from the godless age of the Antichrist, the fierce persecution, torture, and hardship. They will welcome the joy of being with their Lord and Savior, who will receive them as he did Stephen when he was being stoned. The chapter concludes with a vision of Christ with a sickle in his hands, and three angels attending to bring in the judgment of this world to harvest. The first angel is seen coming out of the temple in heaven, and he encourages the Lord with the news that the hour has come to reap the harvest. The Lord then swings his sickle to bring the world to judgment. Another angel appears with a sharp sickle to reap the harvest. Then a third angel, who has authority over the fire, calls out to the other angel 
to reap the grapes of wrath and bring them to the winepress for judgment. They are trampled outside the city, probably indicating Jerusalem. The blood flows out of the press, rising as high as a horse's bridle and for a distance of about 180 miles. It's time to move on to our next stop in our Bible reading tour to the book of Psalms, Psalm 142, You Are My Refuge, a masculine of David when he was in the cave, a prayer. Psalm 142, With my voice I cry out to the Lord, with my voice I plead for mercy to the Lord. I pour out my complaint before him, I tell my trouble before him. When my spirit faints within me, you know my way. In the path where I walk, they have hidden a trap for me. Look to the right and see, there is none who takes notice of me. No refuge remains to me, no one cares for my soul. I cry to you, O Lord, I say, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Attend to my cry, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are too strong for me. Bring me out of prison that I may give thanks to your name. The righteous will surround me, for you will deal bountifully with me. David writes this psalm during his Adullam cave days. He seeks refuge from his enemies, particularly King Saul, by hiding in a cave. But his true refuge is found in the Lord. This psalm reminds us of the privilege of prayer. When all others fail us, when we feel misunderstood, alone, and that no one cares, we can be confident that there is one who sympathizes with our experience, whom we can always turn to. We can pour out our complaints, make bold requests, and give him our praise, for he is our refuge. He knows our way. We need his protection. We need his power. We need his mercy. We need his help. He is able to deliver us from our bondage. The psalm ends with a request and an affirming assurance. Bring my soul out of prison, so that I may give thanks to your name. The righteous will surround me, for you will deal bountifully with me. Psalm 142, verse 7. Let's move on to our final stop on today's Bible reading excursion, the book of Proverbs, chapter 30, verses 21 and 22. Under three things the earth trembles. Under four it cannot bear up. A slave, when he becomes king and a fool when he is filled with food, an unloved woman when she gets a husband, and a maidservant when she displaces her mistress. This proverb uses humorous hyperbole to highlight how suddenly the predictable order of things can be disrupted and create unbearable situations. A slave can rise above his station and become king, which in itself is not a bad thing, but he may prove to be unsuited for the task of reigning. Years ago, a business writer Lawrence J. Peter observed that competent employees are often promoted in a company hierarchy to a level beyond their competence. Another difficult situation to tolerate is when a fool is promoted and is preoccupied with satisfying his privileges rather than serving. Another situation that's hard to bear is to be in a loveless marriage. It's also difficult to bear when an attendant of one's spouse supplants the place of the spouse in a marriage. There's not room for three in a marriage. The animosity of Hagar and Sarah serves as an illustration. The takeaway lesson is that we should not allow these situations to develop while under our watch and rely on the grace of God to rectify these problems if they develop. 
Let's pray. Gracious God, we confess that we need your rescue. We need Jesus. Who else do we have in heaven but you, Lord? Who else can understand our predicament and deliver us from the horrible pit of our fallen condition? We look to you, Lamb of God, as the only one who is fit to take away the sin of the world and deliver us from evil. We give you glory for manifesting your justice and your mercy in the finished work of Christ. We ask that you empower us with your Spirit, enlighten us with your Word, and make us faithful witnesses to you in this present age. In Jesus' name, Amen. I trust that you are recognizing the Word of God's sufficiency, its clarity, its inspiration, and its instrumentality in enlightening our way. As this year is coming to a close and you may be considering how you might support ministries with a year-end gift, we would encourage you to think about the ministries of New Life Community Church and particularly our outreach on the Internet with the One Year Bible Tour Guide podcast. If this ministry has been a blessing to you, we thank God and we would like to hear about it. You can write us at New Life Community Church, 221 Baker Avenue in Concord, Massachusetts, 01742, or you can go to our website, newlife.org, and if you would like to write an email, you can write us at podcast at newlife.org. You can also subscribe at our website for a daily email with a written copy of our commentary on each day's reading. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless with great joy, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. Amen.